guess I guess They ought to name a drink after you I 
Fortunately, I have the key to escape reality And you may see me tonight with an illegal smile It don't cost very much, but it lasts a long while Won't you please tell the man I didn't kill anyone No, I'm just trying to have me some fun Last time I checked my bankroll, it was getting thin. Sometimes it seems like the bottom is the only place I've been. I chased a rainbow down a one-way street, dead end. And all my friends turned out to be insurance salesmen. Ah, but fortunately, I have the key to escape reality And you may see me tonight with an illegal smile It don't cost very much, but it lasts a long while Won't you please tell the man I didn't kill anyone No, I'm just trying to have me some fun Sat down in my closet with all my overalls Trying to get away from all the ears inside my walls I dreamed the police heard everything I thought What then? Well, I went to court and the judge's name was Hoffman Ah, but fortunately I have the key to escape reality And you may see me tonight With an illegal smile It don't cost very much But it lasts a long while Won't you please tell the man I didn't kill anyone No, I'm just trying to have me some fun Well done, hot dog bun You know this guy, I think. Thank you.
I'd just like to say before I start that it's uh, one of the pleasures of my life to be able to be on this stage with these people tonight. The big bird. 
Olive Brighton, Diamond Indian. I come from Timbuktu, three, four, five, six. The day I sailed away, it was a Windian. Be careful, girls, I'm full of Indian freaks. Now, if you're going to India and you haven't been before, if you can't speak the language, well, you've simply got to roar. Walla, 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 Peru. My name out there, it's true, has puzzled one or two. Dirty was my father's name, it put us in the fog. For mother's name was Doggy, so they called me Dirty Dog. Very funny customs they have got. A girl of 17, she has to wash her hair. She first begins by washing your top knot. At 17, she'll wash her hair, commencing at the crown. And every year she washes just a little further down. Walla, 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 Peru. At 25 is through, your next she washes too. When she gets to 30, she'll scrub halfway down your back. And when she gets to 35, why then she gets the sack. Lots of wooing there The girls blush red, white, blue and pink and black We're also noted for our fine tattooing there My wife asked me if I tattoo her back Tattoo it like the ocean blue with ships and waves she sighed So I tattooed it like the sea then gazed at it and cried Walla, 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 Peru Her back I did tattoo just like the ocean blue It looked so like the sea that once a chap the silly love Followed her for twenty miles to see that I'd go out you can talk about your tigers and wild animals, your grizzly bears and other fish at sea. You can talk about your leopards and your crocodiles. You can talk about them, they don't worry me. Whilst hunting in the jungle, once a lion there I spied. I grabbed him by his bushy tail and then to him I cried. Walla, 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 Peru. That lion I stuck to, yes, stuck to it like glue. Then by the tail I swung it round and round, I do declare. Till my wife cried, wake up, you fool, you're pulling out my hair.
Black Plastic is a show on mutinyradio.fm. All these records came from the San Francisco Public Library and the Community Thrift Store down on Valencia near 17th. So you could you could have you could make your own radio show at home. Go support them and support the station, please. track of prophecy. In doing this, he loses his beloved Cheney, 
his sense of honor, his eyesight, and almost loses his twin infants. Here you see him being led to the fateful moment by the dwarf Bijaz, the moment of his lost sight. First moon stood high over the city as Paul, his shield activated and shimmering around him, emerged from the cul-de-sac. A wind off the massive whirled sand and dust down the narrow street, causing Bijaz to blink and shield his eyes. He must hurry, the dwarf muttered, hurry, hurry. You sense danger, Paul asked, probing. I know danger. An abrupt sense of peril, very near, was followed almost immediately by a figure joining them out of the doorway. Bijaz crouched and whimpered. It was only Stilgar, moving like a war machine, head thrust forward, feet striking the street solidly. Swiftly, Paul explained the value of the dwarf, handed Bijaz over to Stilgar. The pace of the vision moved here with great rapidity. Stilgar sped away with Bijaz. Security guards enveloped Paul. Orders were given to send men down the street toward the house behind Othais. The men hurried to obey, shadows among shadows. More sacrifices, Paul thought. We want live prisoners, one of the guard officers hissed. The sound was a vision echo in Paul's ears. It went with solid precision, vision reality. Ornithopters drifted down across the river. The night was full of imperial troopers attacking. A soft hiss grew out of the other sounds, climbed to a roar. While they still heard the sibilance, it picked up a terracotta glow that hid the stars, engulfed the moon. Paul, knowing that sound and glow from the earliest nightmare glimpses of his vision, felt an odd sense of fulfillment. It went the way it must. Stoneburner, someone screamed. Stoneburner! The cry was all around him. Stoneburner, Stoneburner! Because it was required, Paul threw a protective arm across his face, known for the low lip of a curve. It already was too late, of course. Where Othheim's house had been, there stood now a pillar of fire, a blinding jet roaring at the heavens. It gave off a dirty brilliance which threw into sharp relief every ballet movement of the fighting and fleeing men, the tipping retreat of ornithopters. For every member of this frantic throng, it was too late. The ground grew hot beneath Paul. He heard the sound of running and stopping. Men threw themselves down all around him, every one of them aware that there was no point in it. The first damage had been done. And now they must wait out the extent of the stone burner's purpose. The thing's radiation, which no man could outrun, already had penetrated their flesh. The peculiar result of stone burner radiation already was at work in them. What else this weapon might do now lay in the planning of the men who had used it, the men who had defied the great convention to use it. God's a stone burner, I don't want to be blind. Who dies? The hoarse voice of a trooper far down the street. The Tleilaxon will sell many eyes here, someone near Paul growled. Now shut up and wait. They waited. Paul remained silent, thinking what this weapon implied. Too much fuel in it, and it had cut its way into the planet's core. Dune's molten level lay deep, but the more dangerous for that. Such pressures released and out of control might split a planet, scattering lifeless bits and pieces through space. I think it's dying down a bit, someone said. It's just digging deeper, Paul cautioned. Stay put, all of you. Stilgar will be sending help. Stilgar got away, Stilgar got away. The ground's hot, someone complained. 
They dared use atomics, the trooper near Paul protested. Thank you. 
And I'm from Shantytown with a pistol out highway Shining on two bags From Shanty Town with the Ratchet Art Highway The seasons come, the seasons go We get a little sunshine, rain and snow Just the way that it was planned to be But there are no seasons in my heart While you play the leading part And my love for you will bloom eternally Your leaving will bring autumn sorrow And my tears like withered leaves will fall But spring could bring some glad tomorrow And darling we could be happy after all Will bring autumn sorrow And my tears lie withered leaves will fall But spring could bring some glad tomorrow And darling, we could be happy after all And darling, we could be happy after all
songs, but on other days she'd sing ballads and love songs and game songs as she went about the work. I remember one song in particular that she calls a little foolish thing that was her mother's lullaby song, my grandmother Patty Hall. And mom would sing it for us whenever we were sleepy or hurt, and the love and the remembering in her voice made it a very special song for us. I went down to Darby's house all on the market day. I saw the finest lamb that ever spread on hay. Fall all day, fall all little holiday. The first tooth he had held a hundred of a horn. The next tooth he had held sixty barrels of corn. Fall all day, fall all little holiday. Four feet he had, four feet stood on the ground. Every foot he had covered a half acre of ground. Fall all day, fall all little holiday. The wool on the limbs, belly drug nine miles on the ground. I went to old Arby's house and stole a thousand pounds. Fall all day, 
la la little holiday the wool on the lamb's back reached to the sky the eagles they built there to hear the young ones cry fall all day fall all little holiday the one that cut his throat got drowned in the blood the one that held his head got washed away in the flood fall all day fall all little holiday well, Mama remembers her mother singing that, and her baby remembers her singing it. That's how good songs live so long, I guess. Nowadays, they've got a long name for it. Call it the folk process of oral song transmission. And that's supposed to be the best kind. Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm If you don't want my love 
not to go down into Egypt, for I will go with thee and make of thee a great nation, and I will also bring thee up again. God said, Thy name shall be called Jacob no more, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou prevailed. So God blessed him there. And Jacob rose up, and they came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed, the sons of Israel. When Joseph saw his father, he wept, saying, The Lord watch between me and thee, when we were absent one from another. Israel said only, Now let me die, since I have seen my face. My brethren and my father's house are come unto me, said Joseph. And Pharaoh said, All Egypt is before thee, in the best of the land shall ye dwell. So the children of Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, and multiplied. And these were the twelve tribes of Israel. And Joseph, he was a fruitful bough. His hands were made strong by the mighty God of his fathers. He was the shepherd, the stone of Israel. But the one home who's waiting 
he loves you too he's worried and he's wondering where can you be go on home you don't belong here with me go on home you don't belong here with me though i want you and i need you desperately but to hide here in the darkness is as wrong as can be go on home you don't belong here with me go on home you don't belong here with me divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day God said, 
Let the earth bring forth grass, the plants yielding seed and the trees yielding fruit, each after its kind. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and set them in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly.
a rickety rockety road My pittery pattery heart keeps crying I'm just dying to be lying in a jiggity jaggedy nook By a pebbly webbly brook Can you picture me happily spending hours with a thickery thackery book Now I hear
Where the trains used to run, turn freight by the time. Blow the whistle as Billy way back. But the children around Billy's hometown seem to have nothing better to do. And run around his house with their tongues from the mouth, making fun of that crippled old fool. And he was just a gentle boy, real fluorescent light. Cried pennies on Sunday morning, laughed nickels on Saturday night. Now some folks are wait, but some folks are pray for Jesus to rise up again. But none of these folks in our holy clothes ever took Billy on as a friend. The pity's a crime, and ain't worth a dime to a person who's really in need. Just treat 'em the same as you would your own name. Next time that your heart starts to bleed, though he was just a gentle boy, real fluorescent light, cried pennies on a Sunday morning, laughed nickels on Saturday night. Now you now star him up for humiliation, kill him. God bless his little heart. As the baby in this big family, I have many things I love to remember. I love to think on our work together in the hillside cornfields, and when I think about those times. That song comes to my mind, the one we used to sing to sort of tease the boys in the family about the young men that wouldn't raise corn. Come all young ladies and listen to my song. I'll tell you of a young man that wouldn't raise corn. The reason why I cannot tell this young man was always well. In the month of June he planted his corn. In July he laid it by. In October there came a frost. Seed of his corn this young man lost. The laziest man that ever was born 
our family had its worries, too. There were 11 girls in the house and only three boys, and that seemed to be pretty much the pattern all over the country. There was a little song we used to sing over the dishwashing, and by the time the older girls got up into their teens, this song got to have real meaning. Black Plastic on Mutiny Radio dot FM
For Paul Moedib, victory turns sour. He has caught himself on a narrow track of prophecy. In doing this, he loses his beloved Cheney, his sense of honor, his eyesight, and almost loses his twin infants. Here you see him being led to the fateful moment by the dwarf Bijaz, the moment of his lost sight. First moon stood high over the city as Paul, his shield activated and shimmering around him, emerged from the cul-de-sac. A wind off the massif whirled sand and dust down the narrow street, causing Bijaz to blink and shield his eyes. We must hurry, the dwarf muttered, hurry, hurry. You sense danger, Paul asked, probing. I know danger. An abrupt sense of peril, very near, was followed almost immediately by a figure joining them out of a doorway. Bijaz crouched and whimpered. It was only Stilgar, moving like a war machine, head thrust forward, feet striking the street solidly. Swiftly, Paul explained the value of the dwarf, handed Bijaz over to Stilgar. The pace of the vision moved here with great rapidity. Stilgar sped away with Bijaz. Security guards enveloped Paul. Orders were given to send men down the street toward the house behind Othheims. The men hurried to obey, shadows among shadows. More sacrifices, Paul thought. We want live prisoners, one of the guard officers hissed. The sound was a vision echo in Paul's ears. It went with solid precision here, vision reality, tick for tick. Ornithopters drifted down across the moon. The night was full of Imperial troopers attacking. A soft hiss grew out of the other sounds, climbed to a roar. While they still heard the sibilance, it picked up a terracotta glow that hid the stars and engulfed the moon. Paul, knowing that sound and glow from the earliest nightmare glimpses of his vision, felt an odd sense of fulfillment. It went the way it must. Stoneburner, someone screamed. Stoneburner! The cry was all around him. Stoneburner, Stoneburner! Because it was required of him, odd sense of fulfillment. It went the way it must. Stoneburner, someone screamed. Stoneburner! The cry was all around him. Stoneburner, Stoneburner! Burner! The cry was all around him. Stoneburner, Stoneburner! Because it was required of him, Paul threw a protective arm across his face, dove for the low lip of a curb. It already was too late, of course. Where Othheim's house had been, there stood now a pillar of fire, a blinding jet roaring at the heavens. It gave off a dirty brilliance which threw into sharp relief every ballet movement of the fighting and fleeing men, the tipping retreat of ornithopters. For every member of this frantic throng, it was too late. The ground grew hot beneath Paul. He heard the sound of running stop. Men threw themselves down all around him, every one of them aware that there was no point in running. The first damage had been done, and now they must wait out the extent of the stone burner's potency. The thing's radiation, which no man could outrun, already had penetrated their flesh. The peculiar result of stone burner radiation already was at work in them. What else this weapon might do now lay in the planning of the men who had used it, the men who had defied the great convention to use it. God's a stone burner, someone whimpered. I don't want to be blind. Who does? The hoarse voice of a trooper far down the street. The Tleilaxu will sell many eyes here, someone near Paul growled. Now shut up and wait. They waited. 
Paul remained silent, thinking what this weapon implied. Too much fuel in it, and it had cut its way into the planet's core. Dune's molten level lay deep, but the more dangerous for that. Such pressures released and out of control might split a planet, scattering lifeless bits and pieces through space. I think it's dying down a bit, someone said. It's just digging deeper, Paul cautioned. Stay put, all of you. Stilgar will be sending help. Stilgar got away. Stilgar got away. The ground's hot, someone complained. They dared use atomics, a trooper near Paul protested. The sound's diminishing, someone down the street said. Paul ignored the words, concentrated on his fingertips against the street. He could feel the rolling rumble of the thing, deep, deep. My eyes, someone cried, I can't see. Someone closer to it than I was, Paul thought. He still could see to the end of the cul-de-sac when he lifted his head, although there was a mistiness across the scene. A red-yellow glow filled the area where Othheim's house and its neighbors had been. Pieces of adjoining buildings made dark patterns as they crumbled into the glowing pit. Paul climbed to his feet. He felt the stone burner die, silence beneath him. His body was wet with perspiration against the still suit's slickness. Too much for the suit to accommodate. The air he drew into his lungs carried the heat and sulfur stench of the burner. As he looked at the troopers beginning to stand up around him, the mist on Paul's eyes faded into darkness. He summoned up his oracular vision of these moments then, turned and strode along the track that time had carved for him, fitting himself into the vision so tightly that it could not escape. He felt himself grow aware of this place as a multitudinous possession, reality welded to prediction. Moans and groans of his troopers arose all around him as the men realized their blindness. Hold fast, Paul shouted, help is coming. And as the complaints persisted, he said, this is Muad'Dib, I command you, hold fast, help comes. Silence. Then true to his vision, a nearby guardsman said, is it truly the emperor? Which of you can see, tell me. None of us has eyes, Paul said. They have taken my eyes as well, but not my vision. I can see you standing there, a dirty wall within touching distance on your left. Now wait bravely. Stilgar comes with our friends. The thwack thwack of many thopters grew louder all around. There was the sound of hurrying feet. Paul watched his friends come. No. Yeah.
everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. At the age of five, my mother said I'm gonna be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man, way past 21. I want you to leave me, woman. I have lots of fun. I'm a man. I'll spell him A child in that rubber thing made no B Oh child Why that mean manish boy I'm a full grown man. Man! I'm a natural born lover's man. Man! I'm a rolling stone. Man! I'm a hoochie coochie man. Sitting on the outside. Just me, my mate You know I'm made to moon, honey Come up two hours late Wasn't that a man? Yeah! I spell him I'm grown. No B. No. Oh, child. Why? That mean manish boy. Man. I'm a full grown man. I'm a natural born lover's man. Man! I'm a rolling stone. Man! I'm a hoochie coochie man. miss when I make love to a girl she can't resist I think I go down to old Cassie Stew I'm gonna bring back the second cousin the 
that little John the Conqueror. Oh, you little girl, setting out that line. I can make love to you, girl, and five minutes time. Ain't that a man? Not your bone lovers, man. Man, I'm a rolling stone. Man, child, I'm a hoochie coochie man. I don't care 
better get a double round And yes, I guess they ought to name a drink after you Yes, I guess they ought to name a drink after you Black Black Classic on the Muni Radio.fm.